Hello, and welcome to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today's episode is about Sleepless. Um, so today I'm not joined by Josh. I'm joined by our mutual friend, Andy. Uh, Andy, how are you doing? You want to in- introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, I'm Andy Hutchins. I write about sports on the internet. <laughs> and occasionally <laughs> watches movies. And, yeah. Um, sort of, we sort of picked this movie out to do a review on because uh i'm not entirely sure why but i think we both knew that it would be something at least fun to talk about whether or not it would be good to talk i mean about. you're allowed to you're allowed to blame me for picking this movie out because i think i said i texted you with somebody yeah, Let's you texted watch me Sleepless. like two months ago and said and and, hey, and i thought this. so i think i picked it out because i remember seeing something on twitter some one of the viral tweets with the like a trailer tweet yeah yeah, like the trailer from YouTube that was put into a tweet video, and it was probably somebody astroturfing the marketing for it, but it kind of mentioned it as a black taken sort of thing, and it obviously stars Jamie Foxx and looks like an action movie, but also maybe <laughs> sort of the crime drama kind of movie. And yeah, so that was interesting enough for me to want to see it, and it was obviously not going to be an Oscar bait type movie, and it felt like a good January movie, and oh my, was I wrong. <laughs> um, so. Some of you may be wondering, what is Sleepless? And to answer your question, it is, like Andy said, kind of like an action uh, crime mystery suspense wannabe movie. Stars Jamie Foxx, Michelle Monaghan. Um, they're the two main people in it. Uh, Gabrielle Union is in it for, I guess, to collect a paycheck. Um, I Sure. That seems like the only reason I could come up with her why she's in this. <laughs> um, Octavius J. Johnson plays Jamie Foxx and Gabrielle Union's kid. He's not really in much, but he is in Ray Donovan, if anyone's ever watched that. Um, T.I. is in it um, f- for marketing purposes, I guess. He's really not T. I. T.I. and Gabby Union are in it for about as long as they need to be. And it's interesting, though, because T.I. has been in some actual – not that he's a great actor, but he's been in some – good movies um, and he's i think he's a better actor than a lot of people give him credit for and i think he's also a very funny comedic actor when he too. wants to be. he just didn't he didn't really get a chance to do that and this this character's not that yeah. and then uh it also stars uh this guy named david harbour who if you had if a gun to my head never would have been able to tell you if someone said who is david harbour i wouldn't have been nope. able to tell you who it was but uh, you've seen him in everything he's the police chief in stranger things um he's in uh, I, just like all the random movies that you've seen, I'm sure he's just in it at some point. Um, he is. He is somehow in. If you go look at his time, dude, he was in the Equalizer. I could not tell you. Who yeah, he is yeah. In he was. Uh, he was one of the dirty cops that they that they. Sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. He was a dirty cop in the Equalizer. He's 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 in Black Mass. He's in Suicide Squad. He's in Quantum of Solace, which should tell you all you need to know. Yeah, and but he's going all the way back. He was in Kinsey. He was in Brokeback Mountain. He was in Revolutionary Road. He was in Snitch, which Law is really or- underrated. Law and Order. He was on. He was in End of Watch, and I think he's a dirty cop in End of Watch too, which maybe seems like a typecasting sort of thing. But <laughs> which like, he has he's been the same sort of character actor for years and years and years, and you would know his face even if you don't know his name. Yeah, and which something that I thought was hilarious was. Uh, I was reading the New York Times review of it, and they mm-hmm. they said David Harbor, comma a walking spoiler alert. <laughs> oh God, like, that is the best description of any actor I think that I've ever read. 
Uh, We're not doing a spoiler section. No, for this, absolutely. If you've a, if you've a brain and you watch this movie, you could not possibly not have it spoiled for you twenty minutes in. Um, but I agreed. And uh, so I guess where I want to start is, um, uh, was reading whoever the delightful soul that was tasked to review Sleepless for Roger Ebert's website. Um, mm-hmm. They said that I think they opened with this movie is not quite bad enough to be fun and not quite good enough to be like actually reviewed and i was curious how you feel about that no i think that's totally fine i my issue with it is that it does not have anything that takes it above or below the level of generic like everything that happens in this movie between the opening scene and the credits rolling is exactly what you think it could or should be and it's not it's not frustratingly bad it's not you know even all that promising in ways it could possibly be promising, it's just on that level. And I think that makes it one of the sorts of movies that you can't possibly justify having seen other than to say, well, I went to a movie today. Well, I feel like I don't agree. I feel like it was that bad. <laughs> Honestly, I, like... But I don't... What was bad, though? Well, That's my I, issue. I, I don't know was, that I point to anything and say that was, was really like, bad. It wasn't, like, frustratingly bad in the sense of, like... Uh, in the sense of like it could it could have been so much better and it could have been like a acclaimed movie or like high art, but mm-hmm. I just thought that it was just like it was just so stupid and it was like unintentional comedy a lot of the time for me. Which, yeah, which think, to me is sort of like that makes it like less bad. I don't think that there was anything. There's one scene Jamie Fox goes to um, Gabriel Union's work she's a nurse at a hospital, <laughs> yeah. which is which which becomes important later for reasons that only make sense in this movie yes. um, but he goes and takes some flowers out of her vase and presents them to her because he's running late to pick up his son to take him to practice or something and that's the only thing that i can remember from this movie that was actually funny sort of and then was intended to be funny yes which and is, this is an hour and a half movie which is great it's just a great length for this kind of movie to if, if sure. we can agree on that um oh yeah i mean for what it is it's not poorly made it's not like aggressively bad yeah, it's just good there's some good action scenes yeah and i think that there was definitely i think and a lot of reviewers have made the comparison between this and taken and this and john wick i think it's definitely aspiring to be at least one of the two of those or like something close to it and you can see it striving for those things but it also sort of pulls back from them and is really not like certainly john wick's a much better action movie i think taken's a much better yeah. revenge movie you know, this is not anywhere near those two. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think Taken, I don't think, I believe Taken's an original story, or if it's an adaptation, it's from something very obscure. Yeah. This is an adaptation of apparently a fairly a well-liked French thriller, movie. Apparently. Which I did not know, and which does not feel like, I have, I've seen some French and German movies, and they don't feel quite this generic, so... Hopefully and that that's, original. That's the thing is that I read that this is an adaptation from a French thriller, but it beat by beat, it's the same movie, which is I very can, confusing well, to me as to how it would then be a French thriller. Well, I mean, I think I, I would guess that the French thriller probably plays up a lot of the casino intrigue stuff that we get into. And we should mention Jamie Foxx is a detective in Las Vegas. Yes. The plot is basically that he and T.I., are maybe sort of dirty cops and rip off um, a drug deal, end up with a casino owner's cocaine. Uh, the, the casino owner comes after them, 
havoc ensues, basically. And really, there's not much more to it than that. But I think that the way that that would have worked better is if the casino, which is basically the set for, I'd say, 75-80% of the movie. Yeah, at least. Felt felt more like a character than it does. And it really just feels like a place that they run around and do things in. Yeah, or I- in the... Or in the cases of Michelle Monaghan and David Harbour, a place that they sort of stomp Stand around talking to each other and not do anything in. <laughs> yeah, and and I think part of the reason for that is that they don't give us a good um, like map of the casino. So like we don't know where things are in relation to each other when the characters are there, really. So it's just sort of strange when they're like running through. Apparently, there's like one, like there's like one casino floor and one e- exit, and it's just like yeah, no, that's not. How and there's. And there's an elevator. There's an elevator and an office, but the and a office bathroom. don't forget about that. And, and and there's a bathroom in there, and then there's um there's a stairwell from the elevator from the office down to the parking lot, and then there's also at least two floors of rooms, which you never see anybody but Jamie Foxx and Michelle Monaghan on. <laughs> and it's just it feels like it could both have been. And there's some diehard to that too, right? You yes. can set something in one place, yes. and it yes. makes sense if there's a character to the place, and you do different places within that place. But it doesn't feel like there's any real effort made to make things unique or different from scene to scene within the casino. I guess there's a fight back in a kitchen, but I mean, how many times have you seen a fight in a kitchen in well, a TV a good show? Set piece, though. It's it's fine, but it's just sort of there. Yeah. And there's also – and the thing that frustrates me maybe more than anything else about this movie is that so many of these set pieces are just there. Like that set piece accomplishes zero, nothing. It, it literally happens and then something happens that – I mean the spoiler is that he rescues his son as part of that set piece and then the son is almost immediately recaptured. Like why did the set piece happen other than you just wanted to show off some fight choreography that you learned and spent money on? Like it just – so many of the things it's it's funny that this is an hour and a half movie and it does feel like a fairly short and taut movie but still there's could have oh, been yeah. things cut out of it like oh no just question. unnecessary things <laughs> no question and I, I okay so let's start at the beginning the movie uh-huh. opens with a uh, car chase right and then yep. Jamie Foxx and Ti we should note also that this is a very slow car chase and that apparently in Las Vegas there are no cars on the road. Yeah, I have that written down for multiple scenes in the movie where there are apparently no other cars on the road. Um, yep. And then they follow these dudes into an alley and then they get in a shoot 'em up fight, I guess, which yep. is very boring. It's a shootout. Yeah. Well, it's. did you notice how bad the gun sounded? This is a weird criticism to have, but it sounded like they spent five cents on the audio mixing for that fight. They could have just stolen some like Matador sixty four shots or something. They could they could have done a lot of things that they didn't do. Um, and then I guess one of them gets shot, right? Jamie Foxx gets shot. Jamie Foxx gets shot. And no, then... does he get shot or stabbed? No, that's later. That's later. Okay, that's right. That's later. I, I take think that one of them gets, gets shot. shot, right? Mm-hmm. And I then think that's right. in like the shoulder. Oh no, no, no! Remember, he gets a scar on his face. It's the like, scar on the face. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes, because um, they needed to make that uh, that comparison with him and Michelle. Oh, they both have scars. On absolutely, face. they needed to make. I wouldn't that have very known obvious. that they would have connected in any other way had there not been scars on their face. Yep. Um, and then. It's just like, okay, then they rob them and they get away. And they're getting away in a car that has a million bullet holes in it. And there are I've zero cars on the car. highway. 
I've never seen a car as shot up in a movie as that car was. Like, it was, it was like it took three different shotguns for a little buckshot. And then there's nobody on the road when they're getting away. Nope. And it's nope. like, it's like okay, if, A, if there's nobody on the road, then the cops would definitely fucking find them because their car literally is full of bullet holes. Yep. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. And then they have this scene where they're talking in the car, and they're like, how much cocaine is it? I don't know, man, like 25 kilos. Oh, shit. How much did that go for in the streets? <laughs> it's just like, wait. This Seven is to like, nine million dollars. This is what? The okay. Dialogue we're getting. And it's just like, okay, this is when you know exactly what kind of movie it's going to be. Yes. Um, so then, cut forward. They, I guess, I don't even remember. They just realized that someone calls them and they're like, hey, you stole the wrong person's cocaine. Is that what happens? I think, I think that's what it is. Or he figures out that it's the wrong person's cocaine, or something. Which on the he, it's I very th- strange that somebody would know who stole the cocaine because everyone else is dead. Well, is it's the casino owner's cocaine? Yes, and I think the casino owner calls um, Jamie Foxx's character Vincent he down. Calls his cell second. phone. <laughs> calls his cell phone like as he's sitting in his apartment looking at the board on the wall with all the conspiracy stuff on it. Yes. I think. And then he he goes back into work, Jamie Foxx says. He's a cop, so is yeah. um, T.I.'s character, Sean Cass, who, terrible name for a character, but anyway. Um, and then he takes the case with Cass as a way of, the case of the shootout, obviously, it becomes yeah. a thing and the cops want to investigate it, and he takes it as a means of sort of handling it or something, which it doesn't make I guess makes sense, but is maybe not none of what they try to establish with Jamie Foxx being a cop is explained very well. And you have to take a whole lot of you have to take because it becomes important later in the movie that he is theoretically working undercover. You take that almost entirely on the face of a five second shot of him looking at uh, a pegboard in his apartment. Yeah. See, I didn't <laughs> even make that connection at the time. I was just like. He well, like, here's the th- he's like I'm undercover, and I'm like, nah, I don't believe you. Well, here's the only two things I think matter. There is you see that pegboard in the apartment, and you're like, okay, maybe he is actually working undercover. You can tell that he's under some stress, and they sure. make sort of a case later on that his relationship with his family has suffered because of the stress. But they pull up to the shootout in broad daylight, and they get out of the car, and Jamie Fox gets out of the car. With a white door in front of him, and T.I. gets out of the car with a black door in front of him, and it could not possibly be more obvious yeah. who is the white hat and who is the black hat. Yeah. Like, it is that obvious a symbol and that obvious a tip-off. This is the level that this movie works at. Which is why it's, like, unintentional comedy to me. Sure, it's like, sure. And this I think, is so ridiculous. And I think if you didn't think um, – if you look at it as – a movie that you can scrutinize on some level and say, okay, maybe they were kind of in on it, and maybe some of these things were intentional and intentional comedy for the five or six people who are going to see this movie and hope that it's more than what it is. Okay, I could grant that that might be a decent thing. But at the same time, if that's just foreshadowing and just intended to foreshadow, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so blatant. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is movies that treat the audience like they're really stupid are the movies that right. bother me the most. And this one absolutely does. Yeah. This is this is the sort of movie that if you turned your brain off and you had it 
working full were, you wouldn't get that much difference. Yes. Out of the way. Yes. Okay. So then, um, then all of a sudden, Jimmy Fox, like you said, he goes to the he goes to see his ex wife just to introduce that him and his ex wife have problems, and that yep. he has a kid, and that him and his kid don't have a great relationship. And he's supposed to take his kid to the game. Uh, do we ever? Yep. Is, is he baseball? Is that what it is? Do nope. We, they don't. They don't mention it. They don't. They mention don't it? say it. Okay, because it's like the only four o'clock in the afternoon on a weekend. I think it's basketball, but I'm not sure. And the only reason I think the only reason that you think it might be baseball is because there's a scene set in a baseball stadium, which has nothing to do with anything. Oh yes, but yes, I forgot. But I don't think that. that has. I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with anything. Where did? And go? certainly, he doesn't look like he's dressed. The no. baseball stadium. In, is there a baseball she's, she's just in a Las kid. Vegas? Yeah, yeah. There's a minor league team, I think, oh, the Vegas okay. Aces or something. Okay. But, um, but the the idea that there is a baseball stadium that's completely empty for um, somebody to torture somebody else is I another. Mean, he paid him, dog. He's a I guess. Dealer. I guess. But uh, so we should get into discussing more of the characters and more of the plot yes. and these things. Basically, um, you know. The kid gets kidnapped. Jamie well, Foxx. Can we talk about the song. kidnapping scene, though? Sure, and how stupid that is, and how the Chekhov's gun in that I've scene. Ever seen in my life. Like the Chekhov's gun in that scene is so obvious, and yet doesn't pay off. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it pays off, but it pays off in a different way. No, and it doesn't pay off. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a gun that gets shot at the end of the movie, but not by the kid who's holding it and shooting and firing it at Jamie Foxx in that scene. So, in any case, it's. And the the scene that's another scene where nobody on the road. Yes, why somehow? Why like, it's the middle of the day in I, Vegas? I've been there. There is no chance there are no cars on the road. But you and I saw Triple Nine together last year, and yes. Triple Nine is a very similar scene, sort of, that happens on the road where there's a car that gets hijacked, and it becomes a huge thing. There's an enormous chase, and people have to get away, and it's everyone in Atlanta in Triple Nine knows about that immediately. Yes. Whereas nobody in Vegas yes. apparently knows anything about what goes on in Vegas. Yes, which is very strange. Anyway, so the, Jamie Foxx and his kid are in the car. He's taking him to a game. His kid doesn't talk to him. His kid doesn't want to be in the car with him. He's trying to like, talk to his kid, but he doesn't – They don't turn on the radio because the radio doesn't work because they couldn't pay money for the rights to any songs that they wanted to play, I bet. <laughs> that but, is, I mean to be fair, T.I. probably could have let him use a song or two. Like anything. Jamie Foxx could have let him use a song or two if we're being real. I think, Let's not yes. forget. Um, Absolutely. Blame it on the alcohol, right? He could have played Sure. That. Anyway, so then they stop at a traffic light. Kid pulls out a gun from the from the glove compartment. Mm-hmm. First of all, he opens the glove compartment and he looks at the gun, looks at his dad, and is like, oh my god, you have a gun. And it's just like, yeah, he's a cop. Chill. Kid um, knows full well that his dad's a cop. Yeah. Um, he pulls out the gun, points it at his dad in what is symbol symbolism for I hate you. Um, yep. and then all of a sudden there is a van that pulls up, uh, takes them, takes the kid out of the car, stabs Jamie Foxx with a vicious knife. We're just right. Oh in yeah. The gut. Yeah. It looked like it hurt. Um, sure. And then takes the kid, uh, casino guy calls him, says, give me your, Give me the cocaine back, or so you can get your kid back, which is very f- fair, I think. Um, Jamie Fox proceeds to drive to the police station. Yep. Goes into the bathroom at the police station with a with a, with a knife wound in his stomach. Nobody yep. sees him go into the bathroom. 
He's spends five minutes doing his redressing of the wounds. At least this takes forever for no reason. Doesn't lock the door, and then fortunately, Ti is the only person who walks into the bathroom who also doesn't lock the door. Right. I just I, and doesn't freak out. By the way, it just sort of like, so, oh, you got stabbed. Huh. Interesting. Like the oversight with which some of these scenes are shot is I, just astounding. I am pretty sure too that. He doesn't make it even all the way through that bathroom she- scene without the wound shifting from one side of his body to another. <laughs> no, I know it shifts at least once during the entire movie, but I'm remember. pretty sure it shifts even in just that scene. I don't remember. And this this wound becomes a thing that is just sort of a sometimes it hurts him and sometimes it doesn't. It's definitely supposed to mean that this is taking a toll on him, but I mean, have you I, ever heard of adrenaline, Andy? God. I guess I just it doesn't these little details that they try to sprinkle in because they matter just don't end up mattering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and the thing is too that everybody in this movie is stupid, right? We haven't talked too much about yes. Michelle Monaghan's care, but yes. she comes in, she is an internal affairs detective in the same Vegas police department theoretically. She obviously gets the whiff that Jamie Foxx is not who he seems or is at least not yes. totally clean. And and she's sort of right and sort of wrong, but she's also – her acting in this movie is – honestly, she is trying so hard to play a character that Sandra Bullock would have played a hundred times better. And, and it boils down to her having like a semi-terrible haircut, <laughs> a scar on her face. And no interest in talking to anybody else as a human being rather than as someone who can help her do something. Yes. Like, it's just, you can understand why she would be a cop that no other cop would like. And you can understand why she is, sort of understand why she is so driven to do these things that she does in the movie. But you're not rooting for her. She's just sort of there. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is that they just don't, they just don't do a good enough job of explaining to us why she's like upset and like what happened to her. Right. I mean, I can piece it together eventually, which is fine because like they whatever they tell you. Yeah, they tell you. They tell and you. And they show like, you with the scar. Yes, but but it but it's done in a way that is like so a uninteresting and b like I don't want exposition about it. Like no. that would be an appropriate time for a flashback or for. Even the therapy scene would have been like right. fine for her to sort of describe this, and maybe we'll get like five second flashbacks as she's talking or something like. But but instead, because they can't film that scene, I would guess because that scene would have cost actual money to film. Yes. It's apparently ambushed in a meth lab or something like that. You know, we get thirty seconds, maybe a minute of her just being a total jerk to the therapist. Yes, and like it's just it's not it doesn't accomplish anything that they want it to accomplish. Can we talk you know, about how bad just, the therapist is at her job that she gives her back oh God. a gun and badge? I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know that <laughs> for sure that's a therapist. Like it might be well, it's like a, a lieutenant or something. Thing, but it's, it's very clearly somebody who should actually have control over this cop. And it was no control whatsoever over yeah, this cop. She walks all over her and she's like, yo, give me my gun back. Give me my badge. I'm reinstated right fucking now. And yeah. the lady is just like, okay. Be careful. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, and it's, it really is just like, okay, I guess I can't do anything about this, despite the fact that 12 seconds ago I was saying that I could do something about this. Yeah. Okay. So then we progress to the casino, right? And yeah. how many times do you think 
Jamie Foxx says, I'm at the casino on the phone in this movie. Like 15? It could be. It could. It's a lot. It's has, very strange that he literally every time he's on, he's like, yeah, I'm still at the casino. And it's just like. Here's the other thing that doesn't make any sense to me. He's on the phone a lot in this movie. So he much. never turns his ringer off. His ringer is on the entire movie, despite the fact that it actually gets him. I'm pretty sure getting having the ringer on gets him shot at one point. But yeah, I it's think because he's in the staircase trying to run away from Michelle. Right. Brian, right. Which and somehow you can hear a phone ringing down a staircase behind a door. Well, when there are no other patrons on the same floor. Well, it's true, right? There's when no there's only knowledge. two people in a casino, maybe you just make the connection. But can we talk about how bad the name Luxus is for a casino? So bad, so bad. Like it's obviously a Luxor, right? Well, but I'm it, pretty sure they filmed it at Aria, though. Uh, I mean, you see an Aria sign in there at some point. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. It was, I I'm like. Pretty sure it was filmed at Aria, but I could be. I wrong. could I could believe that it was filmed at Aria. I have not been to enough casinos to know because the I the, have been to Aria, but I have not. When seen they show the Luxor symbol on like the outside, it looks like the Aria lettering and everything. Sure, um, but I think that and to credit this movie, one thing it does nicely is show you these nice, lovely establishing shots of the Vegas Strip sure. over and over again yeah. for no good reason, but it shows you them. Um, and I'm pretty sure they show the Aria, but in any case, this is supposed to be a very generic casino, yes. right? And it has the most generic casino owner yes. ever. Yes. Like, this is Dermot Mulroney, who I don't know why somebody decided that he would be a good casino that owner. That should have been his name in the movie. Like, <laughs> Dermot Mulroney? He yeah. could have just been him, and it could have, yeah, that would have made sense. But, I mean, his his character's name is Stanley Rubino, which is... Also not a bad name. Pretty... Eh, it's not terrible, but it's pretty generic. But he is playing like the imitation version of – it's a bad impression of Andy Garcia's bad impressions of Al Pacino from the Ocean's movies. <laughs> like this – the acting is so derivative in this movie in a lot of ways that it just makes me want to go watch better movies that do even just aspects of this better. It's just yeah, – this is the bad, replacement sure. level movie in a lot of ways. And this uh, – he is – He's so ineffectual. Like the character, he's a casino owner, but he can do nothing right. He knows nothing. He's so he's just bad terrible. at acting that he might be the best actor in the movie. Like mm. he's so bad and he's such like a pushover in a lot of scenes. And it's just almost hilarious because he's like trying to act like this big, bad, big, bad casino owner. And, but he like, what, what does he do? He just tells his like mob boss dude to just like, capture the kid but he literally like yeah. doesn't do anything else he's so scared of everybody it's very strange. the one the one smart thing that he does over the course of the movie is intentionally let the kid out as yes. bait which works which, for about 12 seconds. why doesn't okay why doesn't the kid just walk out of the, the casino i don't know I, why does the kid sit around in a club instead of why doesn't with a hat jamie on, as if that's going to actually kid go out of the casino when they're together he takes I, him with him instead of just like, hey, go outside. I'll call you an Uber, and then yep. you can go to mom. It's like every video game escort mission ever, <laughs> Ex- except the main character is, for some reason, trying to make it an escort mission and thus harder on himself. Yeah. Like, this kid, the kid is not, he's a high school age kid. He's not the sort of kid that you, you know, granted, we can tell that he's not a brilliant kid but we can also tell that he's not going to immediately collapse into a puddle if jamie fox is not yes. around 
Yes. So it, it, it just – everybody in this movie is in one way or another very stupid or infantilized. And yes. like for no good reason. There's there's not a really good reason that the kid shouldn't just be able to leave. There's not a really good reason that Jamie Foxx shouldn't be able to figure out ways to protect the kid that aren't holding his hand the entire movie. And it's just – I mean – and so the, the, the story – I mean we're going to spoil this, but whatever. The cocaine that um, – yeah, I don't Jamie think it's Fox a spoiler. I mean, steals, it's, you know. No. Jamie Foxx steals the cocaine, brings it back to the hotel, hides it, or hides some of it, takes some of it up to the casino owner and uses the rest as sort of leverage, is maybe trying to take everybody down because he's maybe sort of undercover, but his plan is terrible. Michelle Monaghan foils that. It's also st- a good move to not take all of the cocaine sure. up at once. Sure. I think we can and, agree. He's trying to have some leverage, which makes sense, but it's it's really hard to tell whether the leverage is related specifically to him trying to get his son back or to trying to have some greater – Which is kind of uh, interesting. I don't right? know. Do you choose your kid I mean, sure. or do you choose your job? <laughs> right. It's a and, very and the, tough and, choice. And you could argue if if they had expanded on that arc and if they had made a better – dichotomy between the kid and the job based on him having lost the kid basically because of how he's been doing the job he mentions at one point he's been two years undercover he's lost everything blah 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 yeah but he's mentioning this in the sort of scene where he's actually physically fighting michelle monaghan where you're not actually going to have any sort of emotional impact from all of that it's just sort of thrown in there yeah the, the, um, the, if at they had seems that, like he's not genuine though right because it's like no. the perfect time for him to lie about right. it and, and you don't know whether he's lying about it, partly because you don't know whether you can trust him. Legitimately, I didn't know, which is either A, good characterization or such bad characterization that you were unable I'm inclined to, to believe. I'm inclined to believe it's bad. Like <laughs> The thing is, the characterization in this movie is so all over the place that you don't know where anybody stands until basically the end of the movie. Yes. Except you do know where everybody stands because everybody is where they were. And if you had gone with your instincts on literally every single character in the movie, you yes. would have been right. But they do a little bit here and there to make you think that maybe this guy is not who he seems, or maybe this is not working out the way it's supposed to be working out for this yes. person. Um, speaking of things not working out, Jamie Foxx does this cocaine thing. Uh, Michelle Monaghan steals the cocaine. He is forced to do the dumbest ruse of all time the with worst cocaine. Thing. How is nobody in the it's kitchen sugar. with him? There's nobody anywhere at any point. There is no one to stop him from filling. Apparently, I mean, I guess he took what two or three bags of coke when there were like thirteen or fourteen in the bag at first, um, and he fills an entire duffel with sugar, which I'm gonna guess took fifteen twenty minutes, and then takes he cuts the zipper off the I duffel that was bag. Pretty, that was pretty if, smart, right? I, sure, but like if you're the guy who's working on getting back fifteen million dollars worth of cocaine, you're gonna actually open the duffel bag and check it in the room rather than in the car. No, you'll never. I don't. I I I mean, I think that the only the only reason it would have made sense, and it does sort of get maybe touched on in the scenes that he's just so pissed, the crime boss. Yes, with everybody and the total incompetence of everyone he's around, he doesn't want to check it, but. Yes. It's just, and then everything spirals from that. And Jamie Foxx now has two guys on him. He's got the crime boss, and he's yes. got um, the casino, casino owner. And he's really got three because Michelle Monaghan is sort of ineffectually tailing him. Yes, she brings in her partner, who is David Harbor, who is 
again, a walking spoiler alert. If you don't know that David Harbour is the bad cop in this movie and that he betrays everyone You've at the end. You've never watched the movie before. And, if, and that Michelle Monaghan doesn't pick up on that until... Like, she has probably three or four clues in front of her face as the movie progresses. Yes. And she doesn't figure out that the guy who doesn't go to security to get the security cam footage and look at everything in the casino as if he might be in cahoots with the person in the casino. Yes. The guy who keeps disappearing at inopportune moments. Uh, the guy who wants to go home for the night. And then the guy who sees another cop dead, dying, Sean Cass, RIPTI, um, and doesn't like freak out over the fact that another cop is dead. Like... Michelle Monaghan fails upward this entire movie because she's so dumb and yet sort of follows the right trail. Well, to be fair, she's sort of like blinded by her passion here. Sure. That it makes sense for her, for her. Like if people think she's crazy and she thinks that people think she's crazy and he's right. like, just chill. Like it's not like you're wrong. Let's go home. It sort of and makes the, sense. And there is a parallel to be drawn if you put a lot of stock in them actually having developed that initial – the trauma that you don't see on screen and that they only sort of mention where she goes into the meth lab, but somebody knew she was coming yes. and she was undermined and didn't see that coming. Like, I guess you could see that as some sort of conspiracy against her. And they certainly try to make a conspiracy against her and against Jamie Foxx, something that they're going to branch out into in a sequel to this movie. That's never actually going to get made, but like so many things about the plot are just sort of running in circles until you can get off an on-ramp and finish the story. Yes. And it's just really frustrating to be insulted in a lot of ways that the circle needed to be run around five times instead of two or three. Yes. And T.I. was, like, one of the worst, like, deaths of all time, too. Oh, so bad. Like, T.I. comes to see Jamie Foxx, gets out of a car, Uh and then just gets shot. Get shot randomly, and get shot by a, somebody who is not a name character, somebody who yeah. may or may not be a security guard, somebody who has no real reason to shoot Jamie Fox or Ti and Jamie Fox other than maybe sort of being suspicious. To like this person plot, is, I guess. I guess, like you could, I suppose, think that that person was a person in either the network of the casino owner or the network of the crime boss, but yeah. No. Also, they don't make that connection. I can believe it, but... It's just silly because he just dies and he's just there for then David Harbour to come and, like, show us his true colors that he's evil. Right. Which we've known for 45 minutes. Also, he, David Harbour, is obviously a bad, dirty cop. (laughs) He's not great. So obviously, right? But also, nothing about his plan makes sense at any point. I don't understand how he thinks he's going to... Like, he is informed that he needs to get back to the casino. He's at the original um, scene of the shootout in the morning with Monaghan. Yes, at the beginning of the movie. He sort of tries to dissuade her from looking too far into it. Clearly he knows that this was drug... Related to the guy he's getting paid thing. from. Yeah. He, he realizes that this is something he should probably cover up. But he also, instead of being called, he's get, he gets called on the way home on another, you know, very little traffic Vegas night apparently. And he goes, instead of just going home, goes back to the casino 
very slowly because he doesn't show up for another 20 minutes <laughs> and helps out but does not completely derail the investigation and is just sort of like ineffectually meddling and everything. And it's just like – and then his plan goes awry. Obviously, Jamie Foxx is busy screwing it up, throwing him into pools and other things. And he – threatens the crime boss and tries to get away at the end. And it's just like nothing about his plan could have ended in anything other than his death or apprehension. Yes. Nothing. Um, And it ends in his apprehension. Like now that you brought it up at the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie, literally right at the beginning, post Jamie Foxx and T.I. stealing this cocaine. Yep. They go to work the next day and then they demand to be, they demand to be the cops yep. on this cocaine case, on this shootout case. Yep. In a very, no. in a very, we did it, we know something about it kind of way. And no one bats an eye, right? No, this nobody just, bats an eye. And this is another parallel with Triple Nine, which again we saw. I'm pretty sure that yes. Anthony Mackie character in Triple Nine immediately takes on yes. that case. Yes. And it's looked at somewhat suspiciously because people in that police department have eyes and or brains. And they know that people are dirty just generally in right. the department. But that's not a thing here except for Michelle Monaghan, who is the only dedicated internal affairs detective. Apparently, like, yes. Um, and uh, then, okay, so I don't even – what else do we have left to talk about? The last – the end I, when they're in the, the – the, they have like a parking garage fight <laughs> – action scene yeah it's like yep. 20 minutes long even it feels like your gas involved it feels like the parking garage is the setting for the entire third act of the movie somehow somehow um, and there they, there's tear gas like somehow the the crime boss it, okay it makes sense that the crime boss um and his henchmen or one of his henchmen have all this equipment and yes. all of these means of taking these guys out Yes. And they clearly just want to kill everybody. Yes. But they have tear gas and they have gas masks, but they have no night vision goggles. And they, despite the fact that they've got like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of guns, um, they have no actual grenades. They have no real ways of killing these people other than wandering through with automatic weapons in a parking garage in the smoke. The layout of the parking garage is very interesting because – they are just able to they go drive down. in straight lines, right? Yep, a hundred miles yeah. an hour and turn in like nobody, nobody in the parking garage either. There's no traffic like at there. At least Tokyo Drift, like you can understand how people make it around sure. corners. In this fucking yeah. movie, like it doesn't make any sense. And no, again, it's... nobody there. There's no innocent bystanders, which makes it less interesting. I feel like, right? Sure. I mean. This is not a movie with a big body count, for better or for worse. No. Like, there's not a lot of violence that doesn't happen to named characters in the movie, which is probably a good thing because it doesn't feel like it's too indiscriminate with what it does. But it also feels weirdly quiet in a lot of ways. I, one of the notes that I wrote down is this is the quietest casino ever. Everybody has conversations in this casino yes. and can totally hear each other despite the fact that sometimes they're whispering and sometimes they're – at a bar or even in a club. The club is loud. The club is the only place that is loud in this entire casino. And, like, so much of what happens in this movie feels like it happens in a hermetically sealed version. Yes. Like, it's actually, it's, these are actions happening on a soundstage rather than this could plausibly be happening in real life. 
it feels too much like a movie in a lot of ways. Which is why it was too grounded in reality, I think. Because you either sure. have to make it more realistic or just way less realistic right. and just have fun right. with it. And it's not – there's – the reasons – if you have reasons for doing the sort of this is actually a movie and you're paying attention to everybody, like do something with it. Make the characters memorable. Make the set pieces more memorable than here's a bunch of smoke in a garage and here's a fight in a kitchen where a guy gets slid across the table. Like, There's not enough that differentiates this from other movies or from other – even from good movies in the same genre it's in to make it something worth going and seeing. I did appreciate the father-son uh, teaming up action set piece fighting a bad guy. The right, idea, that was the that idea was, of and- it at least. And it's and it's fine if spoiler alert the nurse comes back at the end and shoots somebody to save everyone. Yes. Like, okay, if Gabrielle Union took this for the paycheck, at least she also got to shoot somebody and be a hero at the end. Yes. But mom, like, what are you doing? <sighs> right. This is uh, <laughs> Chekhov's Chekhov's gun goes from him from the kid having it in his hand and pointing at his dad to his mom coming through and saving his ass, which. Okay, I guess that makes sense, but also, what? Why does she have a gun? I don't... Because she's the like, wife of a cop, Andy. Ex, ex-wife? ex Separated? I, yeah, no, I think they're separated. Well, she's engaged again, so probably ex-wife, but... Probably, but... she She's in... She's engaged, by the way, to somebody whose presence makes Jamie Foxx the most uh, nervous person on earth, but who never appears on screen. No. This, the fiancé just doesn't matter at all. Well, and Jamie Foxx's attempts. Counterpoint. Sco- uh, fucking Rob. What's his name? Rob something? The, the Rob guy? Novak. Rob Novak. Is Rob probably more what a, scared what a of great his father. boring name. Oh, probably yeah. more scared of his father than Jamie Foxx is of this supposed new husband. But Rob Novak's father also doesn't appear on screen. And Which is kind te- of disappointing. Well, but here's the thing. He was teased for probably an hour of the movie, oh, yeah. I would say, minimum. And the only time you see him is he's on the phone, a corrupt DEA agent. Last scene of the movie, a corrupt DEA agent says, we have a problem. Yes. Sequel, 2019, never going to get made. What did you like, think of the end? It's terrible. That's so bad. Like, I think that they're, they're, the if it had ended with Jamie Foxx and Michelle Monaghan both in – I could not tell you Michelle Monaghan's character's name if I tried. Um, no. If it had ended with them in the hospital, both appreciating the fact that they're yeah. A, good cops, and B, actually good human beings and yeah. did the right thing cops, that would have made sense. They sort of both have to forgive each other for things. But – but no, there needs to be a sleepless too because somebody watched this movie and thought there needed to be more of it, and then we Do got you the think post. That they shot that. like three hours, and then they were like, "Let's just cut it." There's, Maybe I don't, I don't know. Think so. I, I think they just I, didn't have an ending, and so they. Were I like, can't. I can't imagine that they actually. I mean, to me, this basically reads like someone trying to give Jamie Fox a Taken esque franchise, which this is not going to be. This is not a good enough movie, and it's not going to make enough money. No. But it also feels to me like them not being confident enough in the story that they told in this movie that they needed to toss out this as, oh, well, there's a big bad coming, and if you care about this movie, maybe you will be interested in seeing another. No. When the credits hit, I was interested in listening to the Run the Drool song, and that was it. What did you think of the title? It's kind of misleading, I feel like. So bad. 
It, well, I mean, the French version is Sleepless Night, right? Yes. So taking that immediately, fine. But uh, there's a Liam Neeson movie. It's called Run All Night or something like yes, that, or Up terrible. All Night. Run All Night. And it's terror and it's bad. But it does actually happen over the course of a yes. night and ends the next morning, yes. which makes sense. This just happens. This feels like it. Like I never get the sense that anyone is like tired. No, it just feels you like it happens over like the course of like three hours. You don't get the sense that Jamie Foxx and Michelle Monaghan, both of whom you're told Jamie Foxx, you're shown, has a lot of physical trauma happening to him. Yes. And Michelle Monaghan, who is under so much stress. Like, her haircut makes it look like she has been at her wit's end for at least three months. Um, Despite the fact that it's perfect. It's perfect in a very unkempt and messy way. Um, Like, there is no reason to believe any of these people is anything but indefatigable. Like, they're just going to be able to keep doing whatever they're doing until they die. Yes. And that doesn't make any sense whatsoever with the title. Yeah. Which... Which is minor, but is when you've got a movie that has nothing to recommend it really then yeah maybe it's so i would go ahead and venture to say that you would not recommend that people watch sleepless no i, I this is the sort of movie that even if it comes on a cable channel at some point you could watch it for 30 minutes and get everything you needed to out of the movie like that's that's about all it's worth don't go see it in the theater Okay, I feel like this is a discussion that Josh would really want to have, but I want to ask you just Mm -hmm. generally. Um, This, I mean, granted, this movie is not very good. No. Um, If you had to pick Jamie Foxx or Will Smith, career slash going forward. God, I don't know. Not like earnings. Obviously, Will Smith has made more money, whatever, but looking back, back, I think that it's interesting film-wise. Because I think Jamie Foxx – Collateral is probably one of my favorite movies ever. I think that's the best movie of either of the two of their careers. But that's – I could buy – I've never I've never seen Collateral, but I know – Oh, you've never seen it? Oh, nice. man. I've never seen it, but, Fantastic. but I, like, I like Ray a lot. Yes. I think Jamie Foxx is incredible in Ray. Yes. Um, I know he's – there was a period probably from – 05 to 08 or 09 where he was really really trying to be a dramatic actor and he was yes. great at it yes um and i think he's a lot better at it when he puts when he puts those pieces together than will smith is um but at the same time i think jamie fox will smith's autopilot is a lot better than jamie fox's autopilot sure but i like, bet the, i think will smith probably gets better autopilot stuff. movies than Jamie sure, Foxx. Absolutely. Does. Like I think Will Smith would like, have been worse in this movie than Jamie Foxx was. And I Jamie Foxx wasn't very good. I would not watch this movie with Will Smith. Me either. That's that's and that's that's part of the thing, is that you can hope that Jamie Foxx will do something interesting or scuzzy or something like that. Or that he'll still be funny. Yes. You know, and White House Down, which yes. I don't think is a really good movie. It's terrible. Um he's at least entertaining in it. Yes. You know, and it's it's even if it's not what anybody really wanted to be. And I think it was sort of diehard in the White House, but way funnier and not nearly as good. He is at least something to recommend that movie. And he is something to, I think, I, I mean, I don't know that I've seen, I'm looking down his mind to be, I've not seen a lot of the movies that Jamie Foxx has been in since Ray, really. Sure. I've seen The Amazing Spider-Man too. He's terrible at it. Like, but he's, the, he's so terrible that it's but funny it's, in a way that like Will Smith is not funny in like right. focus. Like f- that right. movie is so like 
dumb. And, and Spider-Man and that, is also dumb, but at least it's funny because sure. it's so bad. And I gen, I genuinely kind of like Focus, not really for Will Smith, but because it takes what the concept of Will Smith is. Yes. is that he is this, this smooth dude who is always going to be smooth and can always make everything work. And flips it on its ear by making a lot of the people around him smarter I just than hate him. The end a lot. Oh, the ending is dumb, but it's also that is the sort of movie I think Will Smith should be making a lot more than. I wish it was I, a Margot is, movie at, focused more. Sure. Of him. Yes, she's way better than he is in that movie. And you know, Will Smith is not somebody I would look to to carry. The last Will Smith starring movie that I think I really liked. Granted, I don't know that I've seen a lot of Will Smith movies recently either. Yes. Was I Am Legend, and it's yeah, good. That came out ten years for, ago, Andy. Right. I no, I agree. But it's good basically because it takes the same sort of Will Smith. He is the smooth, calm guy who's always going to make things make sense. And nobody else in the movie. There's no other speaking parts in that movie for basically eighty percent of it. Yes. So you're just watching Will Smith, and yes. it works because of that. Yeah. I I, I don't I, I, I like uh, I Am Legend decent well enough to to give that a like for for me on his side. So what? So let's go down briefly. Go down this list of movies well, that Will Smith has been in since I Am Legend. Okay. Are there movies on this list? Hancock, no. not a good movie. Lakeview Terrace, uh, seven, no. Seven Pounds. Oh, this not is a producer. Good movie. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. Pounds is not like, good. Like these movies are just not good. Yes, Men in Black like, Three, not good. After Earth. God, oh my God. No. Uh, Winter's Tale. Concussion. I can't tell you. Concussion is fucking awful. Like Suicide Squad, he's actually not bad in Suicide Squad, but the movie is terrible, and it's like he's the star, so it's kind of like, well, do better. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Is he really the star though, or is is it Margot Robbie again carrying Will Smith in the movie? Um, if we're being, no, she's also very terrible. But I mean, did you see Suicide Squad? No, no, and I'm not. Oh, okay. Well, no, I know better. Well. Honestly, they try to make Kara, Kara the, the star. Like Enchantress is That's the fucking. Bad. She's like the villain, and she's one of the worst villains in the history of movies. I don't see it with her either. Like, yeah, no, no. But that's the thing. I don't. So that was two thousand seven, right? I don't even know. Jamie Foxx hasn't even been in that many movies since two thousand seven. But I no. will say, I like Law Abiding Citizen. Suicide, I'm not sure I've seen that. Soloist, not good. Due date, not good. Rio, animated. He's good in Horrible Bosses. Little role, though, not really his movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Django, very good. Why See, I haven't seen Django. You've never seen maybe, Django? Maybe I, would, maybe I would feel different about it. I don't love Tarantino enough to go see a whole lot of Tarantino. Django's movie. really good, though. I believe you. And I believe – see, the thing is if you put – if you gave Will Smith Jamie Foxx roles, he would be worse than than Jamie Foxx would be in Will Smith roles yes. too. White House Down like, is not good, but it's okay. Spider Man Two terrible, Horror Bosses Two terrible, Annie God, I, I would never watch that. And then Sleepless. So the, I would I would assume that he was okay in Annie because that's I think a role that he would be decent in. Well, he has a twenty seven on Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I can I can imagine the, the premise being most of the reason that movie sure. was done. Or so on. I mean, last ten years, I think like Jamie Fox wins, and I feel like people wouldn't. Would you? Is Jamie Fox like an actor? Like if you're like, what is his? No. What no. is his? He's thing? an entertainer. Yeah. You, you think 
I think you think of him first as an entertainer, and I think you think of Will Smith first as a movie star, which is different from being an actor, too. Yes, because he's not a movie star anymore. Yeah. I just but don't I was, even know when he when the last time he is was a movie star. I am legend. I think I don't think I don't Will think Smith I am carries... legend counts though because sure I don't know if that was like movie star movie like I feel yeah, like I yeah. Robot was like a movie star movie. Sure, but it didn't, I, I, but it I didn't feel that. Like, and but maybe my issue, pursuit of happiness too. I don't know. So Hitch, pursuit like, of happiness. I, like I am legend. I like Hitch. I like Hitch too, and I think he's good in Hitch. But I think those three movies, those come out in oh five, oh six, and oh seven. That sequence is like the dying gasp of Will Smith being a movie star that you could take seriously and hope. Sure. Yeah. Good. And I don't think I've not seen all of Pursuit of Happiness. I don't think, but I don't think he I, was. I think it's pretty good. I don't know enough about that movie to say whether or not he's good in it. I think he's really good in Hitch, and I think he's pretty darn good in I Am Legend. And I also think that the I Am Legend part is a part that would not work without a legitimate movie star in it. Probably. I Am Legend Legend and World War Z remind me of each other, not just because they're zombie movies, but also because there's the one guy who you're supposed to think is standing against the world's zombie infection. Um, and that's not entirely true of World War Z because Brad Pitt has more around him in that yes. movie. But Brad, if that movie starred somebody who was of a different – if he was a different list yeah. than A-list, that movie doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I don't really like World War Z that much. but It's not a great movie. It's a fine – I think it's an okay movie. I don't think it's bad. but No, it's fine. It's fine. It's also not – like that's the sort of movie – and there are movies like this – that come out every year where there's a movie star in this world who is not necessarily a great actor, but is at this point a really good movie star yeah. who you invest gravitas in, not because of what he can do on camera, but because, and this almost entirely he's right. No women yes. at these parts. Um, but because you know, this person is a quote unquote great man or quote unquote important person. Yes. And I don't think that you could see um, Jamie Foxx in that part anymore. Off, for better or worse. Off topic, Bad Boys 2 only has a 23 on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie is so that's fucking that. good. That's that's bad. I don't know who's voting on Rotten Tomatoes You've for seen the movie, that right? algorithm. I've seen it's most so good. Of it's good. Bad Boys 2 is about the end of Michael Bay being good. Yes, no question. Like genuinely good. I don't know. Well, Pain and Gain I like. Pain and Gain is I good for different I haven't reasons. seen it. Um, it's okay. good, but it's good for different reasons. Do you have anything else on Sleepless? Are we still talking about Sleepless? No, like, I don't want to. Just, I was just curious. We just spent 15 minutes talking about completely other things, which should tell you a lot about Sleepless. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Well, we're going to head out then. You can find me on social media at aklambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. Uh, Andy, do you want to plug your Twitter or anything else, articles, anything? Yeah. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Hutchins, A-N-D-Y-H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S. Um, I don't know what else to plug. Really. Andy writes about sports, uh, University of Florida specifically. Yeah, um, that's army, but who cares? Did you write anything about signing day? I did. I wrote tons of stuff about national signing day, which was more dramatic and interesting in a lot of ways than sleepless. Yeah. So check that out. Um, our podcast, uh, Twitter is 52 and 52 pod podcast, email 52 and 52 pod at gmail.com. Uh, should be back with Josh next time. Thank you guys for listening. Ah!